Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to Strange Familiars. If you've seen something strange, a cryptid like Bigfoot, a UFO, a ghost, anything paranormal, and you want to share your story, you can email us strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com. Well, Allison, how are you doing? I'm fine. I have nothing to report that would qualify. <laughs> I did see a black dog today. You did, but, but he... there was nothing paranormal about him. No, he was just a real Scotty dog that got loose. <laughs> <laughs> All pre-orders of Apparitions, my art book, shipped out last week. People have been getting them. I've been seeing people posting pictures and saying really nice things. So thank you, everybody, for that. Anything ordered from us or Riverbend Comics, which is John, is signed by me. So you can get them from us. You can get them from Riverbend. We're happy wherever you want to get them. Thanks, everybody, for all the kind words you've been saying. Just gotten really, really nice feedback on that book from people. So that's very encouraging. I think you're going to keep drawing is I what think you're I'll saying? Keep, I think I'll keep drawing. Okay, good idea. So tonight's show, we are going to be talking with Lucy, who has several tales of sleep paralysis and shadow figures and this thing that she calls the oatmeal man, which sounds absolutely horrifying. That does sound way more horrifying than a shadow figure. Yeah. There was uh, smells associated with it, too. And Ooh. Yeah. Now we're going to get more oatmeal men, aren't we? 
Well, that's usually what happens. <laughs> Oatmeal Man will be another one of our nighttime invader kind of characters. So. He seems more like a breakfast invader. <laughs> right, yeah. Before we get to Lucy, I do want to thank our patrons. Thank you so much, patrons. Earlier this month, we put out our 60th patron episode. We're going to do another episode for Halloween for patrons. If you sign up at patreon.com slash strangefamiliars, you can sign up at a monthly rate. You can sign up at a yearly rate. There's all different kinds of options for different levels there to get things like t-shirts, stickers, copies of my books, and more. Or you can just go in the, the level where you get the extra content. We cannot do Strange Familiars without our patrons, and that's the best way to help us. Again, it's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. If you don't like the idea of a subscription like Patreon, there's a paypal.me link in the show notes under every episode. You can click that, and that'll take you to PayPal, where you can make a one-time donation. Everyone can help by sharing the show on social media, by liking and subscribing wherever you're listening, whatever podcatcher you're using, and by leaving us those nice five-star reviews which does help get the show in front of new potential listeners. So now let's get to Lucy's story. Tonight we're talking with Lucy, who has several experiences surrounding... Is it surrounding sleep paralysis? Surrounding sleep paralysis and just weird, like, synchronicities, like, weird psychic stuff. Lots of... I, I've just had, like, a really weird life, I think, in general. Let's start at the at the beginning, I suppose. So let's see where the beginning even is. My grandfather was a Baptist pastor, like, very, very conservative, very, like, holy roller, like, what you think of with, like, a Baptist pastor. Um, and he founded his own church. And so part of my life, I grew up in that church. Like, we lived there with my my parents and my brother um, at the time, and then my grandparents lived at the church, and we all worked at the church. And so, like, my whole, whole life was kind of surrounded around that church. And so I think part of kind of the weird stuff when I was really young was kind of around that. Uh, so I had, like, sleep paralysis episodes at the church when we lived there, and also um, the building was really old. It was an older building that they had purchased that had been I'm trying to think what it what it was first. It was at one point it was a like swim club, kind of like a YMCA, and then at one point it was a chemical factory. <laughs> I don't know what the order was on that, <laughs> but wow. it it had been in the town for a really long time, and that was in Amarillo and downtown Amarillo kind of like in the center of uh, where the city was in like the 30s when it was a bigger city. Yeah, so just a weird kind of setting even for like a, a kid growing up, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. And so the earliest sleep paralysis weird experience stuff I remember was when I was maybe like six or seven when we lived in the church with my grandparents I would like get out of bed and go sneak to like be in my grandparents house or grandparents room because I, I would want to like they would have the tv on um, and be watching like country western movies all night long and I, I would want to be in there it made my mom so mad but I would get up and kind of sneak around like the empty uh, church because it was upstairs where we lived uh, and the church was downstairs but it was like weird like 
creaky hardwood floors and like there was this one room that was next to my bedroom that I shared with my brother and I would like wake up in the middle of the night and like want to go sneak to my grandparents room and the easiest way to do that to like get through the house without waking up my parents was to go through this other room that was like connected to my room and that room like still to this day I just have like bad vibes like the worst vibes <laughs> like, that were, like I don't know what it was about that room but I would have nightmares about it all the time like I still have nightmares about it there's like this big closet in the room that was just creepy and so I remember one night I woke up and I had like sleep paralysis for like one of the first times and I was like my bed was facing the door that connected us to that room and I woke up and I saw the door to that room like kind of open and like a weird like kind of gangly like shadow figure like just staring at me and then I was up like all night <laughs> like wow. just looking at it and then I don't remember like after that if I like went back to sleep or woke up or you know whatever I just felt like you know forever and, and then and like this was when you were six yeah. years old yeah, I, so it started out, like, super-duper young, like, even, you know, like, my earliest memory, like, I have awful memory. I have ADHD, and so, like, my memory is kind of all over the place, so most of the things that I remember are, like, these weird, scary things that happened to me when I was wow. a kid, like, my whole life, like, up until, like, maybe even high school, like, it's just, like, scary weird stuff and then like <laughs> I kind of remember like middle school high school um so as a, yeah. a you know six-year-old as a you know a little kid mm -hmm. obviously well I'm guessing you hadn't heard of sleep paralysis at that time yeah no because these experiences they seem very you know I mean I'm not saying they're not real you know but you know what I mean mm -hmm. they seem very much like at least when I had sleep paralysis it seemed like real world things were happening you know, it, didn't, right. it was not a dream, in other words, let's say. So, yeah, that's definitely something that, like, in in my head now, I call it sleep paralysis, but then it wasn't. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that wasn't where I was going. Sorry to interrupt you, but. No, no. Um, so, as a little kid, is that something yeah. that was, it, I guess, to me, it would seem to be incredibly traumatic. That's Yeah. Um, so, with that, like, I, um, and, like, being you know, super religious. We were uh, Southern Baptist and, you know, I had, my grandfather was a pastor. My uncle was also a pastor. And then my dad worked for the church doing like video production stuff, just, you know, whatever. And we were at the church all the time and everyone around me was super duper into, you know, that kind of thing, just like Christianity. And so I don't think I told my parents right away, um, but I remember my dad, like, said, my dad was, like, I don't even know how to explain this, but, like, my dad said that he, like, when he was younger, he saw angels and that he believed in demons. And so that was kind of where my mind went with it, was that, like, there was a demon in, like, this one room in the church <laughs> that was, like, there, and we talked all the time at church, like the sound system would mess up and they'd be like, oh, like that Satan, you know, just trying to ruin our day or like that kind of thing. But like to a kid, I was like, this is 
super duper real and like everything bad that happens like satan's out to get us or a demon's out to get us and so i kind of twisted that into like there's a demon in my room (laughs) yeah i mean i could totally see that like if that's the way you're being brought up like that's what you Mm -hmm. know Yeah. yeah i can totally see that yeah and so it happened a couple of times where like i wouldn't always see like a figure or whatever i would see like kind of just like shadow in that room um, or like a moving shadow or whatever. And sometimes I would see like mice and rats that weren't there, which is funny because now I have mice and rats as pets, um, (laughs) which is, you know, uh, (laughs) overcoming that trauma. (laughs) But like it was, you know, kind of inconsistent, but like it happened enough times that I told my parents something was happening. Mm -hmm. And they were like, okay, well, let's pray and God will protect you. And they moved my bed at one point. So it like wasn't facing that door anymore, but it kept happening for a while where I would like feel weird about the door, but I didn't see anything. And, you know, it's just weird stuff. And I remember at one point I had a dream that (laughs) Glinda the Good Witch from (laughs) Wizard of Oz visited me in my dream and she was God. Like that was like the like best way for God to present himself. And he was like, it's not going to happen anymore. And then it stopped for a minute. And then it started happening when we moved, we moved away from the church and I had other stuff that kept happening like outside of that house. Yeah. That is extremely fascinating. I think the Wizard of Oz was such a powerful thing to so many children I don't know how old you are, but when when I was little, it was always a big deal. Whenever The Wizard of Oz was coming on TV, it was always like, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, can I stay up and watch it, Mom, you know? And uh, it was a very, very big deal. Yeah, it was definitely a big big deal. I had, like, a Wizard of Oz-themed, like, birthday Mm -hmm. party at one point. But, like, all of my, like, parents and, like, older relatives would, like, tell me, like, oh, you look like a little Judy Garland, you know, because I had, like, blue eyes and, like, kind of brown curly hair. Right. So, yeah, I was super, like, yeah, in my unconscious. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. It's amazing, like, uh, what a powerful image for a child, I guess, t- to grab onto. I used to have regular dreams about the Wicked Witch from The Wizard of Oz when I was a little kid. It just grabbed onto that imagery. I guess that was so powerful to children. Uh, you know, maybe it still is, or maybe uh, maybe now it's Harry Potter or something else. But uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, it, but, that was really yeah. really powerful stuff. No, curiously though, after this visitation from from Glenda, <laughs> we'll say, in that room though, it it didn't happen anymore. Yeah, and it was really close to um, when we lived in the church, and then we moved out to um, we moved into a house. Like my my parents just uh, so like we our grandparents still live there, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, so it didn't happen for like a little bit, and then we moved, and I was like, okay, you know, now I'm safe because I'm not even you know at the church anymore, and so I started kind of like I didn't didn't think about it, um, and I definitely like some years passed because the next time I remember something like significant happening like sleep paralysis wise was when I was like 12 or 13. So there was, you know, a significant portion of time where it just like, you know, didn't happen. So when it comes back to the <laughs> new place, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, I had to be, we moved a couple of times when I was little. So I had to be like 11 or 12 um, when I 
remember it happening again. I was taking piano lessons and I know it was around when I was taking piano lessons because I started to have like the worst time. Uh, I couldn't sleep at night and like this insomnia started when I was like about 10 or 11. So I would listen to the CD that my piano teacher made me. So I would play that like all night, uh, just like Mozart or whatever song I was learning. And then like some other classical piano stuff. And I would listen to that until I fell asleep. And so uh, about the time that like I started listening to the piano CD, I started having the sleep paralysis again. And I would hear, so I have also related to my insomnia, I have exploding head syndrome, uh, which I feel like someone has probably talked about that yeah, <laughs> on yes, the show yeah, before. Yeah, someone did yeah. at some point. Yeah, <laughs> kind of explain as best you can. Yeah, it's been on and off um, as I was, and also something I I know that they mentioned this because I, I was listening to your show at Target. I like have to like piece my memories together from like <laughs> I was here and then I was there. But um, someone was talking about the Alice in Wonderland syndrome yes. thing too. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I have just my primary care physician has just labeled it like parasomnia. Uh, because I just get into like big hallucinatory episodes when I'm trying to go to sleep. Okay. Uh, and like something about like just my brain does not shut off properly. So I'll like hear loud sounds or uh, I will feel like my bed is shaking. Then later, not at this point in my life when I was like 12, 13, but like in college, I started to do like the um, Alice in Wonderland syndrome where I'd feel like I was growing and shrinking or the things in front of me were getting closer and then further away when I'm trying to go to sleep. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, just like hardest time going to sleep because I'm like hearing things, seeing things, feeling things, just pretty much anything you could imagine. Like I've had an episode like that, you know? Um, but when I was about 12 or 13, the biggest one was I would feel like my bed is shaking and then I would of course have the sleep paralysis. But so going to bed, feel the bed is shaking. Right. And I was really into like ghost shows around Mm -hmm. this time. And so I like watched the show where this guy was like, I um, stayed in this haunted hotel room and there was a haunted bed and the ghost was shaking my bed all night. Right. And so I kind of latched onto that and I was like, oh my God, like there's a ghost (laughs) shaking my bed every night because, you know, I was just, I felt like my bed was shaking. And then of course I was like hearing things like, like, like a telephone ringing or uh, someone shouting something. I wouldn't quite understand it, but you know, just random loud sounds. And sometimes it sounded like it was, from outside of like it was a real sound and but generally I could like tell it was not real just mm-hmm. because of the way it felt to hear it if that makes sense yeah yeah so to in order to like counteract that to like calm down I would listen to the CD my piano teacher made me with the Mozart and everything but then that kind of backfired um, because I started having sleep paralysis episodes again where I would wake up And there would be, this is around the time where I have a little bit more detail, I think, in what I saw. 
so I call him the oatmeal man, which is like the best I can describe. Looked like a giant mummy that was just like dripping in like gross oatmeal. (laughs) And like he was like oatmeal colored and like there was almost like a smell like it was giant like skeleton with oatmeal or mummy with like oatmeal and he had like his hands kind of out like a zombie and like (laughs) just like weird like dry crusty oatmeal and like wet oatmeal kind of texture um yeah and so and it was really like vivid texturally and like had like a weird kind of like kind of an oatmeal smell like just like a sickly kind of sweet weird smell and so he would stand in like my doorway and it happened a couple of times and like the third time I noticed that he was humming along to the piano CD oh that's creepy so yeah so I could hear him but it was like the sound was coming from like his throat like it was like a really guttural like hmm hmm like kind of humming along to like Mozart and like even now like there's Mozart songs that I can't listen to (laughs) because they like creep me out. (laughs) Yeah. So that's the first one that was like really like vivid and terrifying. Oatmeal man more than once. Yeah. It was like almost like every night, every other night for a while. Oh wow. Um, That's so creepy. Yeah. And um, you know, I was lucky I was, I was homeschooled. And so my mom let me sleep in (laughs) because she knew that I wasn't sleeping very well. So like even now, like I'm almost better off like sleeping like during the day (laughs) because of like all of this stuff going on. But yeah, so the oatmeal man, like pretty much the entire time I was in that house and like from like the age from like maybe late about 10 through when I was like 12 or 13, I would see that pretty frequently there were periods like on and periods off so i've been told you know i don't know how many stories like like hundreds of stories of Mm -hmm. of these uh you know bedroom invaders nighttime visitors whatever we want to call these different entities Mm -hmm. i've never heard this one before this this oatmeal man however Mm -hmm. i will not be surprised if somebody listening hasn't seen the same thing <laughs> honestly we'll... i was thinking the same thing because the flannel man <laughs> yeah, we had it with flannel yeah. man we had it with that, that <laughs> night we called just started calling it the nightmare creature the thing that people said looks like the, the green goblin from spider-man or something with like mm-hmm. long greasy hair and uh you know I, so i would not be surprised if somebody doesn't say i've seen that too uh if you're listening and you have you know please drop an email to us because it would be very very interesting to catalog yet another one of these these things whatever they are these these bedroom invaders yeah no i'd totally be interested to hear that because i have a couple of different like sleep paralysis like characters you know quotation marks that i've you know seen and kind of like stored away and like named them just to you mm-hmm. know because people always ask like um if i mention you know my hundreds of <laughs> not hundreds but like mental illness like souffle whatever i have um <laughs> like it's always like i'm super fun at parties um but anyway <laughs> um but yeah so i think oatmeal man is pretty much the only one that happened at that house 
Um, did he ever approach you or touch you or, or do anything more than stand there and hum? Not that I can remember. I had like a weird feeling like there was one time where like the bed shaking happened while I was um, in sleep paralysis, which happens sometimes, but not as much. Um, and I remember him maybe like leaning forward and the bed started shaking. But usually it was just like in the doorway and humming along. Now, with were you the like just absolutely piano. terrified of this entity? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, the, it was. It was kind of a different feeling than like the other, uh, the first sleep paralysis where I was like just terrified. It was like when you see like a spoiled like food in the back of the fridge kind of feeling. It was like, oh, that's gross. And mm-hmm. like, I'm going to have to clean that up. It was kind of like dread, like, oh, this sucks. Like, I'm going to have to wake up in the morning and be tired. And, uh, okay. you know, kind of like it, it wasn't like oh my God, I'm so scared. It was like, oh, this is like happening again. Like, mm-hmm. I hate this. <laughs> but like, just kind of like a subtle dread kind of feeling. I don't know if I gotcha. explained that well, but <laughs> yeah. You talked in your email about like hypnagogic hallucinations. Is that specifically what you're talking about? These sort of beings that you're seeing? Yeah, the uh, hypnagogic stuff I would usually classify as like the exploding head syndrome gotcha. and like the bed shaking you know, a lot of times I would see, like, um, spots when I'm trying to go to sleep or, like, like green, swirling, just stuff in front of me um, <laughs> and stuff that I thought everybody, you know, saw and experienced, but they don't. Lots of, th- like, I, I really, I swear I'm going to sound like I'm <laughs> lying <laughs> like this whole time because I've had, like, the stupidest life. But, yeah, um, I also have synesthesia so I see sounds Mm -hmm. and so like sometimes there would be like when I'm going to sleep especially like I would be like kind of watching the music I'm listening to in a way and then like hearing like cricket sounds outside would be like little green streaks and I'd see them better when it's dark because usually during the day it's kind of like in the back of my head and then my vision gets blurry if it's too loud. And so that's something that like, you know, my whole life, it took a while for my parents to like realize I wasn't lying about it. And like, I've seen doctors and stuff like it's for sure a thing, but it just with everything else, like my grandfather being a pastor and then um, the next house I will tell you about, which is also just weird. So, you know, I've just had, stupid life i mean it's not you know as much as i talk to people it it doesn't surprise me at all that people have you know multiple things going on this all Mm -hmm. seems you know i mean like you know complete layman here you know i don't know i'm not a doctor but this to me this all seems kind of woven together you know i mean to me it seems like it's not surprising that you would have the sleep paralysis and you know the exploding head syndrome and Alice in Wonderland and synesthesia they all seem like very connected yeah in, in a way. they do fit together in ways that like it makes sense yeah um but it does kind of seem like kind of a weird dice roll <laughs> like <laughs> I got all of the things like could we not have spread it a little bit thinner <laughs> um but yeah so after um I'll go ahead and, and tell you like the next house sure um so my parents they were on a um 
a minister's salary, right? Uh, so it was either we moved back into the church with my grandparents or my grandfather owned like this plot of land that he wasn't doing anything with at the time. He wanted to build a house out there when he retired, but he just kind of owned the land. And so my dad was like, well, why don't we build a yurt out on the land? Um, so we moved into a yurt. Do you know what a yurt is? <laughs> I do. And I'm actually yeah. kind of jealous. <laughs> I kind of like yurts. <laughs> it was, I, I feel like now I would appreciate it, but when you're a 13 year old girl who's already like homeschooled and doesn't get to see her friends very much. Like gotcha. <laughs> yeah. not the best time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we moved into a yurt out on this land. So this was in Amarillo, Texas, mm -hmm. which is like notably very, very windy. Um, and it's just the flat plains. So <laughs> my dad got in contact with like the yurt company um, that, that built the yurts. And he was like, I want to put a yurt out here. Is that even possible? And they were like, I don't know. Nobody's ever done it. So we were <laughs> probably the only yurt like this entire side of Texas. Like I wouldn't be surprised like Austin, San Antonio, maybe there's yurts there, <laughs> mm -hmm. but like West Texas, not a big yurt, <laughs> yurt <laughs> town, uh, yurt spot. Yeah, so we moved into this this land, and immediately, like, I think, I don't know, it was just felt like a weird, like, uh, I don't even know how to explain it, like, almost like just supernatural, like, kind of, what is it called? The, uh, like, Skinwalker Ranch, mm -hmm. like, the where we lived, it had, like, big Skinwalker Ranch vibes <laughs> to me, honestly. And I don't even know if I mentioned this in the email because I, I feel like there's just too much. But so there's, you know, weird sounds at night. We had no neighbors. That was, you know, whatever. There was like coyotes, just um, kind of just a creepy place to live when you're, you know, 13 years old and already like think you're seeing demons, right? Right. So it was me and my dad and uh, my mom and I had one brother at the time, um, and we all lived in a yurt by uh, separating up until a loft, um, and then we had a bathroom under the loft, and my parents' bed, like, to the side of the loft, and then we had, like, one big, like, living room area, and then our kitchen was an Airstream trailer. Um, my parents are, like, so hipster and, like, <laughs> like, millennials that it's not even funny, but, yeah, so tight quarters. Um, and I was sharing the loft with my younger brother and we just had, because it was, you know, a loft, you couldn't stand up all the way, um, in most of it. Cause you know, a year goes like down like a little triangle. And so we just had mattresses like on the floor, um, on the two sides of the loft. And then we had like the bubble at the top of the yurt. Right. And so I would lay like under, like on my, mattress under the bubble and just like fall asleep like looking up at the sky and I got it into my head that I was like I'm gonna see a UFO right <laughs> I don't think I ever did but I did still have like the sleep paralysis at that time but it was interesting um, because it wasn't like a room and so instead of like seeing stuff in front of me I would like just get like the premonition that 
downstairs there was someone standing mm. outside of the yurt or like in the living area mm-hmm. um and i would just kind of like you know chill with that premonition and like oh i wonder if my parents see anything you know i, I wonder whatever and so that was just kind of like a weird feeling and we only lived there for a year because my mom got pregnant with my younger brother. They tried to do the yurt baby thing for a while. They were like, hashtag yurt baby and stuff <laughs> like on social media. And they were like, we're going to use reusable diapers. Like we're going <laughs> to, like they were like all in like pioneer woman style. And then like six months in, we found a scorpion in my brother's bed. And so my parents were like, yeah, never mind. <laughs> we're going to move into a house. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> that's just like my weird party story. And there was like a little bit of sleep paralysis going on there. And then like I thought I was going to see a UFO and totally didn't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then I have like dreams later on about the yurt. So that's one reason I mention it as well. So we moved out of the yurt um, and then moved into just like a regular, like kind of a, uh, like a new neighborhood where they were putting up a bunch of homes that looked exactly alike, that kind of vibe, Mm -hmm. because my parents wanted to be able to like sell it and move somewhere else when uh, my brother was a little bit older. So it was like, you know, house with like easy resale value, basically. So I was like, I don't know what I thought about everything at this time. Like, I tried to think, like, did I still think I was seeing, like, demons? Did I still, like, I think everything was just so weird that I was kind of just rolling with it um, and didn't give much thought to it. I'm not very good at, like, noticing things just in general. Like, I'm kind of in my own bubble a little bit sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think I was kind of just like, well, (laughs) like, everybody has weird dreams and my dreams are just, like, more weird than others or like maybe it is demons and like I'll get my dad to pray for it yeah so when I was about like 14 was when we moved into the newer house and for a while like my sleep paralysis and everything it just kind of stopped I don't have any idea like what changed beyond just like I got a little bit older Um, but I did still have the like bed shaking Uh, thing at night and then like the um, exploding head syndrome a little bit here and there but it wasn't ever I didn't ever have the sleep paralysis and that's the weird thing too is like all of like the shadow person I saw that was only at the church and then like the oatmeal man was only at the one house And, and like so that was interesting I feel like I don't know. I'm I'm a microbiology major, so I'm I'm obviously I'm like into science, um, and like I don't want to be like oh that each house just happened to be haunted. You know, I feel like I think I compartmentalized everything with the different houses, and maybe even like just in memories um, mm-hmm. have compartmentalized things with the different houses. My thought immediately goes to the sleep paralysis is the consistent thing. The expression right. of it changed with each location. So was that shadow thing the same thing as the oatmeal man, but you were just laying over different, you know, skinning it differently, in other words, yeah. uh, each time? I don't know. You know what I mean? But, the, but to me, like I said, the, the sleep paralysis is the consistent thing. So that's, that's yeah. it's interesting, though, that it does change, you know, slightly, at least what you're seeing. 
yeah, it was just different in every house. And I feel like I was kind of like at maybe different stages of my life and I found different things sure. scary. And I was always like, I've always been into like, I didn't watch horror movies because I wasn't allowed to watch <laughs> anything. But I, I watched like ghost adventures sometimes at like friends' houses mm-hmm. and read, I read a lot of books. Like my parents didn't check the books that I read most of the time. I didn't read Harry Potter, but <laughs> you know, no one I knew did. But books, for the most part, I could read whatever. Um, and so I feel like maybe like books that I read that were kind of scary, maybe had some influence on whatever I saw or like just found different things scary. Who knows? I feel like we had a segue into our Perfect Puppy commercial with your Scotty dog that you saw today, and then you used it uh, at the beginning of the episode. (laughs) Did you know puppies can be wild and crazy whirlwinds of destruction? I believe so, yeah. (laughs) I actually saw somebody, I think it was in the Strange Familiars group, who saw another person somewhere online posted about how their puppy was like biting and mouthing and stuff, and she actually put a link to 90 Days to the Perfect (laughs) Puppy there. I was like, that's so awesome. So word is getting out about 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy. All over the country, well-behaved, perfect puppies are popping up. You can find 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. With their relationship-based approach, 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can help you and your puppy become perfect for each other. They can address things like leash training, crate training, hyperactivity issues. If your puppy is chewing on things they shouldn't be chewing on, if they're mouthing or biting... They can address fear and nervousness issues, potty training, and much more. When you join 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy, you get access to several online sources like video lessons, a secret Facebook group where you get to interact with other puppy owners as well as the <laughs> 90 Days staff. And they also have one-on-one options, of course, as well. Again, 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy. Find them at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. So the new house, I think this one is the scariest one as far as, like, the sleep paralysis goes. Like, Oatmeal Man smelled like oatmeal, bad vibes. But I had a full, like, storyline, like, (laughs) three-act structure, like, struggle with the next sleep paralysis entity. (laughs) Um, So... We were at, like, the newer house, right? And I um, had my own room for the first time in, like, forever. And I had a, a light in my room that I could turn. It was, like, an LED light that I could change the color of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I would put it on, like, dark blue when I went to sleep. And I would, like, listen to music. I had, um, like, a iPod uh, that I would listen to music. And I started listening to audiobooks. And I would listen to this one audiobook every night. I uh, literally I memorized the first chapter oh, accidentally. Wow. wow. Um, like so that's how and I can still like recite it. Like <laughs> that is how like many times I listened to this one audiobook. But after a while, the like shaking the bed came back. Um, and then I started having sleep paralysis again. And so I remember the first time I had sleep paralysis in this one house, um, I was listening to my audiobook. I had my blue, dark blue light on. 
and the light turns green. (laughs) And I don't know if it really did. I think it was blue the next morning. Like, I think it was, I woke up and it was still blue. Mm -hmm. But for some reason in my brain, like, I saw it turn green. I thought it turned green. And I could have been dreaming, you know, who knows. But, and then I was listening to the audiobook and I just had like this vague, like, I wasn't really paying attention to what the audiobook was saying. Um, but I could hear it like it was like slowing down and like speeding up in kind of a weird, distorted way. And I was kind of just like half asleep, like out of it, like, did my light change? Did I turn it on green? Like, did I do, you know, whatever. And then green was like a really, really big thing for this one for some reason. So I was like falling asleep and like my audiobook was like speeding up, slowing down, like distorting, but I wasn't like scared or anything. I was just kind of like falling asleep. Right. Um, and so I fall asleep and I start to have this dream where I am like in this old schoolhouse and I'm just like, it's like this wooden schoolhouse, like, you know, old planes, whatever maybe around like the Dust Bowl kind of kind of era. And I'm like the only one there except for this other girl. And she never told me her name, but I like knew instinctually that her name was Kate. And I felt like super protective of her. Like I felt about like my brothers. I felt about Kate. And so we like wordlessly, we were like going to walk home. And so we like leave the schoolhouse And we start walking down this, like, long, like, dusty path uh, to our house. And Kate, I, like, get the feeling that Kate is really, like, weak and sick. So I start, like, asking her, like, do you want to stop? Do you want to sit down? Like, do you want to rest? And she keeps saying, you know, no, like, we have to keep going. And then we just, like, keep walking until I wake up. And so wake up lights blue, everything's normal, you know, (laughs) it's whatever. Um, And I'm just like, that was a weird dream, huh? Like I, you know, (laughs) did not even feel any type of way about it. But then it kept happening. Like once a week, I would have this same exact dream and like never, we would never get home. We'd just be like walking. And like, it started to feel like more and more like, like I was really there. Like I, I almost feel like I would wake up and like be sore from all of the walking. Like oh, wow. was how real it felt. Yeah. Like just, you know, super weird. So I like, I told my friend about it and she was like, Oh, maybe you read a book, you know, that had that or something. Like I, I was kind of just like, okay, this is a weird dream that I was having. But then I started having the sleep paralysis again and I would have it after the dream and Kate would be in my room. And so I would like wake up and like we never made it like I would wake up from the walk and be like disoriented. I'd be like, did we rest? Like, did we take a break while we were walking? Like kind of still in like that, the dream. And Kate would be like at the foot of my bed in like this like greenish blue dress, kind of like a um, I had American Girl dolls. So like the Kit Kittredge, like, dress that's made out of, like, flower, (laughs) like, a flower sack. Mm -hmm. Like, that was kind of the look. And, like, this green dress, and she had, like, green eyes that I could see really well, even though she was, you know, all the way at the foot of my bed. And, like, this long blonde hair, almost like a, a doll kind of looking, like, she had, like, just that really, like, old, 
scary girl vibe <laughs> like look to her and I would like wake up and like still feel like this like hey what are you doing up like Kate you need to go to bed like she was like my sister <laughs> like I needed to like hey it's late you need to go rest up you know like I wasn't like still thinking like my you know my Lucy thoughts I was like Kate's sister still right. um and so yeah just the weirdest feeling like even now I'm like well, I feel like <laughs> so and of course I'm like at a house by myself um <laughs> here. sorry um no it's okay <laughs> but yeah so Kate would be at the foot of my bed and then I I don't know what would happen after that like I would just wake up the next morning and yeah, it was just like super weird feeling like the next morning like what happened like is Kate okay like I was always like worried about her um, which was the weird thing I was always like I need to make sure that she's okay but I was never like scared for myself uh, of course until like the next morning when I'm like what was that you know and I would be kind of like creeped out a little bit but in like the moment I was always like I hope Kate's okay was she about the same age as you were at the time she was maybe a little bit younger. Um, so my brother is, my oldest brother is five years younger than me. So I would say she was probably about that age range okay. apart. Um, like I, like I felt the same way about her as, as my brother. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I have to protect them, you know, but yeah, it was just super weird. And so that dream where we were walking home, it kept happening just like, it like started up like even more where I would have it like two times a week or three times a week even. Um, and it got to the point where one week I had it like every single night and I started to feel like we need, like, why aren't we getting home? Like I need to get Kate home was like the feeling in the dream. The week that it, I remember the week that it was like every single day, the first dream started at the schoolhouse and like the dream after we were still walking. So it was like it continued mm -hmm. um, and we just like never got home. And so like the last night of like that week or, you know, the month, maybe even like however long it was that I kept having this dream, Kate like didn't, I woke up and Kate wasn't there. I wasn't having sleep paralysis. I didn't see her. Um, but then I fell back asleep and like went back into the dream and Kate and I were like resting by this pond. And I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. Like I left for a minute. I'm glad you're still here. <laughs> like, I'm glad you're still okay. Like this, like I was like deep in the dream. It was, it's the weirdest thing. I was like, okay, like we're resting by the pond. Like maybe we're almost home. And I fall in to the water. Um, and I don't really know like how I just remember, like, I was kind of like, okay, like let's go. And then I fell into the water and then I woke up and I was having sleep paralysis, except I was like feeling like there was water on me. Oh, wow. And Kate was like staring down at me, like watching me die. <laughs> like oh, wow. was like the feeling. And that was the last time like I ever had the dream. Like I, like fully three act structure died at the end and then Kate left me alone. Oh my goodness. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and so like just and like when I, I tell people about that and they're like, you should write a book or like you should. And I'm like, I don't know. There's not that much to it besides like I was, you know, walking every night and then, you know, Kate watched me die, but super, you know, ugh, to have, 
like chills thinking about yeah, it. Don't like it. <laughs> it's like you finished the story, you know, in a yeah. way. Like you kept going until until you finished the story. Yeah, no, for sure. It was just like the weirdest thing. And I still like, I, I think I have like bad dreams sometimes where I like think about Kate, like Kate's in the dream, but not, I don't, I've never seen her in like sleep paralysis again or anything. Um, mm-hmm. It's just kind of like residual like trauma from like that part of my life, I think. I, just to get completely, you know, woo here, do you think that could have been, you know, possibly like a view into a past life even? I don't know. I mean, there's, I definitely feel like there's, you know, lots of, lots of things you don't understand. And like, there's people have, you know, energy and I don't know about past lives or anything, but I feel like there, there could have been like a story there that like, maybe I, you know, heard something and like, you know, sussed out the rest of the mm-hmm. <laughs> the story in, mm-hmm. in my brain or like, you know, could be a number of things. I, I don't know. I have a hard time like explaining just how real the dream felt even. And just like the whole, like how it started one way and like finished another way. Like it just feels so like, almost like someone was trying to tell me something kind of feeling like, you know, in like a scary movie where you like have a dream where the ghost is like showing you how they died and you have to like fix it or whatever. Like it, it was almost like that kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. That's really, really strange. And so you never, never saw her again as far as uh, in sleep paralysis. No. And not even like anything like, her like all of the other like she was like a person like she was creepy but she was like a person Mm -hmm. and I could see like detailed you know like she seemed like a person um and like all of the other sleep paralysis things that I've seen they seem like a monster right you know they they're like there's some kind of like connection there that's like a bit skewed you know if you know she were to walk down the street tomorrow and you saw her would you recognize her I, I, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Definitely, like, I, I think, like, her eyes were, like, a, a thing that I don't, you know, I don't see very often, like, green eyes where you, like, notice, you know, like, my eyes are, like, kind of blue-green and that, like, hazel, you know, but she had, like, green eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I definitely recognize that, but, yeah, if I saw her again or, or anything, I would, I would know for sure. So... When does this imaginary friend come into the story? Okay, so yeah, that's actually one of my favorite stories. Yeah, so the imaginary friend, less like a scary like feeling of like sleep paralysis monster kind of ghost thing. Like, I, it just I don't even know how to explain it. But I guess a little bit of background of like how I started with the imaginary friend. Um, so. Like I said before, I have ADHD um, and I'm really forgetful. And so something that like helped me remember, you know, just things that I needed to do or like what I was doing or what was going on. I started like talking to myself or like until I could go write it down. I would say like, OK, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing that, you know, or like mm-hmm. repeating it. But I found that like since I was so good at like memorizing like strings of words, I did a better job of remembering things if I like told 
myself a story about it right. or like told you know somebody else like if I was in the room with somebody else I'd be like hey I'm doing this and I need to go do this before the end of the day right um, and so that was how I remembered and so that slowly evolved into me like having um, like an imaginary person that I told like what I was doing and what was going on and had it like ended up being like this dialogue like throughout the day and this is super nerdy <laughs> and like kind of dumb but I ended up like basing the imaginary friend off of like an anime boy <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's this anime called ghost hunt and in the anime and the like comic books the main character has a twin brother who died and like the ghost is like in everybody's head like helping them solve the mysteries mm -hmm. and so I ended up just like I, you know I had the ghost in my head that was helping me remember things <laughs> so yeah just super nerdy in high school so I started going to a public high school so I've been homeschooled you know my whole life and then like the last year of middle school and then first year of high school, um, I ended up going to just like regular public high school. And so kind of that dialogue in my head was like um, uh, during the hallways and like all of the passing periods, I like kept that dialogue up in my head um, where I was like, okay, I need, I just got this homework. Like I need to remember this homework. Can you remind me later to do the homework? You know? Then even when I was bored, I would start like kind of daydreaming, like talking to, you know, uh, his name is Eugene. <laughs> super, super, like it just gets stupider. But yeah, Eugene. So <laughs> it's like, uh, hey, Gene, like remind me to do this or like, can you help me with this? Can whatever. And at this point in my life in high school, I had started listening to, you know, podcasts um, and like true crime and stuff. And so I got really into the last podcast on the left, mm -hmm. um, which is actually how I heard about your show. So full circle. <laughs> but they had like a series on like chaos magic yeah. um, and tulpas. I had already been doing like the imaginary thing, the imaginary friend thing before mm -hmm. this happened. But, or before I started listening to that podcast. Um, but after, like, I listened to the podcast, I kind of had, like, this framework idea, like, oh, maybe because I'm, you know, talking to this imaginary friend, I've, like, created something bigger than myself. Or, like, I've, you know, created an actual entity that helps me remember to do my homework, right? right. Um, and it was kind of just, like, a funny idea, a funny story that I was, like, I had a couple of friends that were also, you know, into all the nerdy stuff and like ghosts and nerdy podcasts and whatever. Um, and so we kind of like talked about it and joked about like, oh, like I'm going to chaos magic, like to do this or like chaos magic to do that. And like as a joke. And at the same time, I was kind of using that as like a jumping off point to like stop believing in Christianity. Um, <laughs> so like I grown up really religious, but never really got into it the way right. that like the rest of my family was, which isn't saying not a lot because my parents were way more into it than like most people. Um, like my whole family really, really into it, almost like culty into it. <laughs> and I was just kind of like normal, <laughs> like a normal person 
And so I was like thinking like, oh, maybe, you know, when you pray to God, like you're, uh, you know, manifesting, you know, like really basic, that kind of thing. And so, you know, but I kept doing the imaginary friend thing um, because it was fun. I was bored. I would talk to myself in my head. Of course, I wasn't like walking around school talking to myself. That would be even worse. Yeah. So I, I just kept it going and then, you know, kind of had this idea of like chaos magic and like tulpas and like energy, you know, all that stuff in my head, but it wasn't like forefront of my mind um, until I had one day I had like had a, just a bad day in class in my classes and I was getting a migraine. So I was like sitting in class and like this migraine was just like all I could think about. And like, we were supposed to be like working on an essay. It was like a silent period. And so I was just sitting in class, like thinking about this migraine and like feeling just awful. So I was sitting in class, like thinking about how awful I felt because of this migraine. And I started like kind of drifting like into a daydream where I was like, hey, like Eugene, could you bring me a like bottle of water? Like, <laughs> like, I don't know why that was like my thought. It was kind of like, if I had a friend that I could talk to right now, I'd be like, hey, could you bring me a bottle of water so I could take some aspirin and get rid of this migraine? Mm-hmm. So I just kept like thinking about it and, you know, not really working on my essay. I couldn't focus. And I was like, I just need to go get a bottle of water so I can get rid of this migraine and like (laughs) go get a bottle of water. And it was just like the cyclical thought. And I was also like hyping myself up to go ask the teacher if I could go to get a bottle of water um, because it was like this mean English teacher that I didn't really get along with. The reason I didn't get along with him was because he insisted on, uh, he was white and insisted on saying the N word when we read uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm. Um, So that was, (laughs) I was like, do not like this guy. He's intimidating. He's like, I've already said like, Hey, could you not do that? And he was like, this is my class. You know, (laughs) so I was like trying to like, there's so much of my brain was like trying, like thinking about going to get a bottle of water, thinking about going to ask to get a bottle of water. You know, it was just like really like a lot of brain power. And so I finally was like, Hey, can I like go to the restroom and go to the vending machine and get a bottle of water? He was like, sure, whatever. So I go And I am walking down the hall and like in the middle of the like hallway. So like between my classroom and the bathroom, there was a vending machine. And like, as I walk past the vending machine, a bottle of water comes down the vending machine and it's just like sitting there. And I was like, I like texted all of my friends. I was like, there's just like a bottle of water is here. And I was like, gonna go buy a bottle of water and I'm thinking about it and I like was thinking about Eugene bringing it to me like I think I created an entity that is trying to help me (laughs) like (laughs) this sucks (laughs) like this is rough and so yeah I like told all my friends and they were like there's no way and I like took I probably have the picture still but I like took a picture I was like I just walked by this and like a bottle of water came out while I was thinking about it so yeah, I'm a psychic. <laughs> that became like even a running joke um, that I was like secretly psychic. And I honestly, like there a lot of like synchronicity things. Um, like in uh, when I first went to college, I like got really into like tarot reading. And so I read my tarot one day and um, I was like, 
the chariot was upside down and I was like, that's crazy. And then I got into a car accident (laughs) the next day. Um, And so I told all my friends, of course, you know, like confirmation bias. I was like, yeah, so um, I predicted my car accident, even though I didn't, you know, like (laughs) before. But yeah, (laughs) and stuff like that where like there was a time recently where I um, touched the doorknob to go outside and got like a jolt feeling. And I was like, what if my car doesn't start and I have to take my partner's car to class and then I go downstairs and my car doesn't start and I have to take my partner's car to class (laughs) yeah and so like I try to pay attention to stuff like that even though I'm like don't really believe in you know like I, I feel like I'm good at like thin slicing so like noticing tiny details kind of in the back of my mind um, and then, you know, forming conclusions, maybe. But, yeah, definitely more than people I know, <laughs> for sure. So, uh, this, Eugene, did this continue from there? It did for a little bit. Um, it was something that I kind of, like, grew out of, I think. But there was, like, a long time where I was, like, really into the show. And I, like, I wrote fan fiction about it and, like, had a bunch of friends that, you know, were... Um, that's another thing is, uh, this is, you know, we've talked, touched a little bit on like the religion and everything. And so, uh, once I was graduated from high school, I went to a Baptist seminary cause that's where my parents wanted me to go. Um, even though I already didn't really believe in God anymore. And I also realized that I was gay. Um, and that didn't go over well, as you can probably imagine. So uh, there's, you know, a lot of trauma around that, um, of course. That. And I feel like that kind of uh, maybe trumped up some of, like, sleep paralysis stuff here and there. And, mm-hmm. like, um, there were times in high school, I didn't even mention, but uh, there were times in high school where, like, I wasn't sleeping at all because I would just, like, hear screaming with the exploding head syndrome, mm. like, all night long. Oh, wow. um, and, yeah, so that was just, like... A lot, a lot of the uh, sleep paralysis stuff, not like interestingly, but just really traumatically kind of mm-hmm. happened <laughs> during that time. Anyway, so I went to a Baptist seminary, super unhappy. Um, it was a terrible place. The <laughs> president like recently or not like recently, but like about a year ago, he was fired because like related to like me too stuff. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was, and I was there like, and did not trust him and did not like him. <laughs> Just a bad, bad place all around. Don't go to seminary. Like if anybody's listening and like thinking <laughs> they can just go to seminary and then their parents will like them. Um, it's not worth it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, seriously. Uh, worst ever. So I, was, um, I went my, to seminary. My, my last yeah. question, or, or one of my last questions, I was going to hit you with was going to be like, so, so how does this, you know, how does a nice Southern Baptist girl end up reading tarot and all this stuff? But you've kind of explained yeah. this as we've gone <laughs> through here. So yeah, it's, it's a... um, no, and even like while I was at seminary, I was uh, reading tarot cards and like even like did readings like on Tumblr for <laughs> like uh, Venmo tips and stuff, and like mm-hmm. I was just you know, completely double life. And I would go to class and just listen to men tell me how bad abortion is. And then, you know, go back to my dorm and read tarot. I had a a single dorm 
So I was really lucky <laughs> in that way. And I just like watched horror movies and read tarot cards and like plotted to get out. But the way that I like eventually ended up leaving seminary was because I moved in with a friend that I met because of the anime that Eugene is from. So I kind of like, you know, not a huge coincidence because I was so involved in that world um, and that like fandom quotation marks. But some of my friends have like expressed like, hey, maybe like Eugene like saved you from having to go to seminary by like introducing you to this friend. Wow. Um, I mean, yeah. in, in so, a roundabout way, you know? Yeah, like magical thinking wise, right. for sure. Right. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much, I mean, uh, since like going to seminary, I've had, you know, a better luck with like, you know, I'm li- living with my partner and, you know, don't have as much drama going on of like being in disagreement with my parents. So I feel like there's not as much like the sleep paralysis wise. I still have like the Alice in Wonderland stuff and exploding head syndrome, but I mostly just like, I listen to podcasts when I go to sleep and then, you know, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so The reason I started a podcast is I was having a really rough time at, at a certain part of my life and I was just not sleeping mm-hmm. and I was just looking for anything, you know, in the middle of the night, you know, I didn't have a TV in the room. I was like, well, I just, just, I just need something to take my mind off this. You know, I was just obsessing about, you know, whatever was going on in my life at the time. And, yeah. and uh, I found podcasts and boy, they helped me get to sleep again and, you know, gave me my sleep back in a way. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and at that time I said, well, I'm going to, you know, I think that was the seed of, of it in my head. Like I'm going to start a podcast because they really, really actually helped me a lot. And I still listen to podcasts to this day to go to sleep. So yeah, I absolutely understand that. Yeah, no, it's definitely helpful. My parents used to get so mad at me for listening to audiobooks when I went to sleep. It was like, you're ruining your sleep. And like, I don't know, I still listen to them. So maybe, but yeah, <laughs> it's, it's helped. So, you know, well, whatever. It's, it's either listen or, or not sleep. So, you know, there's the, yeah, for me, exactly. that's, that's the case anyway. Uh, so um, has the sleep paralysis kind of abated a bit as you've gotten older? Yeah, um, I mean, I still have episodes here and there, um, and I feel like they're kind of related to, like, if I have a really bad week, I'll, Mm -hmm. like, have, you know, less quality sleep, and then maybe I'll have an episode or whatever, but they're usually, you know, I don't see, like, crazy things as much like I used to. Like, sometimes I'll see, like, a shadowy kind of figure, or I'll, like, hear something weird, but it's not near as intense uh, as it used to be, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I kind of love the way it all ties together. Honestly, I, I think, <laughs> yeah. uh, and when you said you get migraines too, I'm I kind of like, yeah, that kind of ticks another box as, as far as with the like synesthesia yeah. and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, for sure. I, you know, again, I don't know how it's all related, but I do feel like it's all tied together. I'm really excited to get this uh, oatmeal man out there and yeah. <laughs> see if anybody else has seen him because it sounds super creepy and uh, I'd be interested to uh, to hear if anybody else has seen him as well. Yeah. I mean, maybe if you uh, put on some Mozart, then he'll come visit you. I mean, who hey, knows? Yeah, maybe, maybe that was it. That's part of the equation, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Lucy, thank you so much for sharing your stories. Yeah, thank you. Photo of the week. 
What was your quote? I think they're curtain witches, which Cur- I don't know if they're bedtime invaders or not. But <laughs> curtain witches. Yeah, it's I'm hilarious. going to share uh, a story at the time when I dressed up with an equally probably uh, insensitive costume. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When I was a kid, I really liked biographies, so I had read this biography for school on Indira Gandhi. I really loved her, and so I dressed up in something that is probably looks very similar to this. Did you have a curtain sorry? I did. It was very insensitive, but I, it was... It was a different time, and different, you were a kid. And, I was a kid, and yeah. um, I really wanted to do right by Indira Gandhi. Right, yeah. It was, yeah, it was sort would, of a, a, a tribute, not... Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be as amazingly culturally insensitive as it appears now. But these girls are wearing what looks like... Either they wanted to be witches and their mom was like, well, you'll have to use the leftover fabric from from, the curtains. from our kitchen curtains. Where I, I'm not quite sure what's happening there. There's also a couple... I want to say that's Alice in Wonderland and Sherlock Holmes. Oh, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a girl dressed in very boyish sort of Sherlock Holmes costume. And then these two girls in a... Uh, floral witches costumes (laughs) yes well they have the pointed hats maybe they're curtain clowns oh that's true yeah i didn't i didn't think about the fact that they could be clowns and not witches but it's definitely a halloween yes definitely in costume an appropriate picture for halloween a real photo postcard and the cool thing is if you want well which is what i would probably do spend an entire day researching these girls for any reference of them and where they're from. They do have, their names are unique enough where you probably could figure out where Victoria Katotsky, Margaret Fisher, Florence Norton, and Helen Garman were from. Especially if they all appear together at yeah, some, yeah. some school register or something. So yeah, it's, it's identified, real photo postcard, early 1900s? Yeah, I'd say maybe tw- 20s-ish. To me, that's still technically early <laughs> 1900s. Perfect little uh, costumed group here, and we're asking $35 for it. You can find it in our Etsy store. There'll be a picture of this in the show notes. You can click on that. It'll take you to our Etsy store. You can search for Strange Familiars. You should find our Etsy store that way, or you can go shop name Lost Grave, one word. That'll take you to it as well. Also in our Etsy store, copies of my books, artwork, Strange Familiars t-shirts, and more I think at this time we still have all sizes of Strange Familiars t-shirts, small through 3XL. So they're in there. I've been doing a series of what I call handprint drawings that, mm-hmm. that uh, you've probably noticed. They've been I've been using them for episode artwork here and there. They usually sell the originals within an hour or two of when I put them up on Etsy. So keep your eye there. Keep your eye in the Strange Familiars gathering group on Facebook. I usually announce when I put them up. If you want to get those, every single one of those has sold out. How about do a witch? Do some witches. I can do some witches. (laughs) There's always time for witches. You could move into feet drawings instead of hand. I mean, you are the Bigfoot guy. I have considered doing a Bigfoot in a foot. Yeah. But uh, I want to, there's, this is a series I'm doing. I'm planning uh, doing a certain amount of the hands and I'm going to collect them and a separate collection from my other things. So if you're not getting the originals, you will have an opportunity to get uh, nicely printed versions of these eventually. And we'll see as you move on to various other body parts. I don't know that I'm going to. (laughs) I like doing the hands. There's a process with them. Yeah. I can trace my own hand. and And you are not capable of tracing your own feet. 
And who wants that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The thing is, there's a niche market of people who really might want that. <laughs> but I don't know what the Venn diagram, the crossover is with strange now, I was, familiars. What I was going to do is I was going to take a cast of a Bigfoot oh. foot because they are anatomically different than human footprint. Yeah, and don't you have a plaster cast? I do. That? Okay. I do. And use that as sort of the basis and then fill it in with like a Bigfoot illustration. But, you know, we'll see down the road. Mm-hmm. In any case, Etsy, shop name, Lost Grave, search Strange Familiars. You can find that stuff. Thanks to everybody who's been supporting my artwork lately, either through buying Apparitions, the art book, or by buying Originals. Thanks so much. It's uh, very, very nice. Very, very nice and encouraging, for sure. Before we go, I want to mention Karmic Garden again. They're on Etsy as well. Shop name is Karmic Garden, one word. They actually have a Strange Familiars bespoke scent. (laughs) Not very often do you get to use that word in relation to you because it doesn't. It's never followed by suit, no. or shoes, no. or something fancy. But no, sense curated. Yeah. This is the strange familiar. You actually, scent. as part of being part of the Etsy community, if you do not say the word curate, <laughs> they kick you off. They the site. kick you off of <laughs> you Etsy. Have to, you have to at least yeah. a couple times a year say mm-hmm. the word curate. curate. Yeah, just so you know you're on Etsy. Yes. The Strange Familiar scent is a mixture of frankincense, myrrh, and vetiver. And it's quite nice. It is quite nice. They said that it's actually been doing kind of well for them. So mm-hmm. congratulations to Karmic Garden. And it can smell like a forest sprite. Is that what it smells like to you, a forest sprite? <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's, 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 I think it smells more like um, a monk who ran away to live in a log. Frankincense and myrrh and vetiver. Yeah. Yeah. Karmic Garden, trusted remedies made from Mother Nature, soaps, scented sanitizers, natural cleaners, candles, beard balm, and more. They sent us some strange familiar scented sanitizer, which I've been using as well. So it's, That appeals to me on many levels. This, this is scent layering. <laughs> this is, is scent layering. And there's a whole story why I know that. We don't have time to get into why I know that term. And the, the, During your tenure at a very fancy soap shop? Yes, I did. I did work at a... It's unbelievable that I would have... That you worked at Crabtree and Evelyn? I worked at Crabtree and Evelyn for a one holiday season, yes. You would have been promoted, but I don't think you fit the... The bunny is just having a field day in the other room. We'll just knock all that out of there. Yeah. So everybody check out Karmic Garden, Etsy.com slash shop slash Karmic Garden... We'll be back soon with another episode of Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more at darkhollerarts.com. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. You can find more at stonebreath.bandcamp.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, where you can join the Strange Familiars gathering group. And we're on Instagram at strange familiars and the bunny's theme song is kick out the jams by mc5 
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.